My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her, I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. Hey, good evening, Patriots. And tonight is Saturday, February 10th in the year 2024. And <clears throat> I'm going to get over this hoarseness in just a second. Tonight is um, the Dan Patch Revival in, Dan pa in Indiana. And you can follow that over with Resistance Chicks. They have that streaming live, I believe, on Rumble. So we can check all that out in just a second. There's a lot going on. Obviously, these revivals are important. And <clears throat> tonight we're going to talk a lot about the principality that they're going after, which is all rooted in Kinsey, who comes from Indiana, 
which is a big deal. Before we get going, one thing that we need to be aware of, I'm just going to mention one of our sponsors, and it's pretty critical, and that is debt management. And it's one of these things that we all need to be aware of. Debt management is, unfortunately, if we get high in debt and get buried in debt, it becomes literally the worship that we don't need to take control of us. What we need to be able to do is get past that. And so we have a great sponsor called Done With Debt, and it literally can become your lifeline because debt can be one of those things that just overwhelms you, whether it's the high interest on the interest card, interest credit cards, whether it's the traps of debt that we get into and or even the short-term loans that some people can get stuck up on. It then takes over your paycheck before you know it. So what we want to be able to do is be able to manage that and done with debt is has some new ingenious methods of st- and strategies to d- pay down your debt faster and get you eligible for different programs to help you do that. Done with debt will do an analysis on your debt options to see what you qualify for. Uh, they know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. They have a skilled staff of negotiators that will um, know how to get debt out of your life permanently and without bankruptcy or without a loan, which is important. So done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt. But you need to hurry because some of these debt solutions are time sensitive. So head on over to donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. You'll find the links below the podcast. That's donewithdebt.com and check them out. You won't be disappointed. Okay, I'm really going to sit here for a second. And as we start to look at what's going on in the world, there is big change happening around us. And a lot of that change is being felt but we don't really know where in all that it's coming from. This is an interesting piece that I came across today that's um, from Shi Haing Yi. He's speaking of what's going on in one of their monasteries, and it's, um, I think it's relevant to listen to for everybody. You're just a little bit aware. You can feel something is shifting. Some people are not willing to maybe adapt to the change. Some people are not strong enough to adapt to the change. Some people don't know how to put it into practice in order to go with the change. There will come the time, and it's not going to take long, where a natural separation is going to take place, a natural separation. The ones that are able to read the signs, that are able to go with what is happening, to adapt to the changes this world is bringing to us, they will move on to another world. They will move on to another area, to another cycle of us humans being right now here on the earth. And other people that are unwilling, unable, maybe incapable of adapting to the coming changes. It is simple like this. They will stay with the old world, which is about to end. That's the message, an old era is about to come to an end, a new era is about to come. This is worldwide happening, it's happening inside our monastery, it's happening inside of me. It's an interesting thing because it deals with, you know, in this is Buddhism, obviously, it deals with the concepts of threshing, it deals with the concepts of heaven and hell, and it deals with the concepts of a harvest all of which I think we can all feel that something very significant is happening right now. And arguably, when we deal with the concepts of this vax, 
we are seeing two worlds walking parallel. We've talked a lot about that. What these people see, those that are walking in the vax lane, what they're looking at, how they see the world, how they perceive the world, it's a world based in fear. It's a world based in shortage, scarcity, and so forth. There's another perspective on this as well. Take a listen to this. I find these interesting because these are coming from different elements and perspectives in life. And people are getting the same message. And when I hear these things, I just want you to hear how I hear them. I don't find them in conflict with Scripture because God has created everything. And God speaks to people in many different ways. And everyone is on a spectrum. And ultimately, in the spectrum of where are you in relation to Christ. And people are hearing things. And hearing these messages. And so I want you to hear this one. This is another one, totally unrelated, and yet speaking of similar things. Take a listen. That we're in the middle of a great awakening, you know, and you're seeing the crumbling of the old paradigm, and you're seeing the emergence of what's happening new, both being both in the same space and the same time. You know, Newtonian physics that can't exist. You can't have two objects in the same space, same time. But in quantum reality, you can have everything in the same space at the same time, but they're vibrating at different levels. So you have the old paradigm, fear, 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 worry, 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 lack, limitation, scarcity, not enough, not enough jobs, not enough this, not enough that. That's not real. That's made up, you know. And so what's happening is there's a crumbling of the old where people are going to be forced to really get a sense of who they are and, and, and stop leaning on external things like governments and politicians uh, and things of that particular nature. I tell people, the only authority you have is the authority of your own conviction. That's the authority. You can't outsource your authority to someone out there. Those people work for you. You don't work for them. They work for you. And so your attention has to be on what kind of life you want to live and how that can assist you to live that life. Now, if you don't have a vision, then they're going to tell you what your vision is. If you don't have your own possibility for your own life, then you're going to listen to these these people, and they're going to run your life, you see. So the, the idea is that we're in a great awakening. Uh, everything is shifting. The world of phenomena is, is moving really fast, and there's an emergence taking place. There's people becoming more sovereign, people taking their authority back, uh, people that are saying, hell no. I mean, it's very similar to the vibration of during the Vietnam War, people woke up and said, whoa, wait a minute, we're going to go kill these people we don't know? Why? This is, why, are we, why are we doing this? And nobody could give a, an answer, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a stream of consciousness that's happening, and again, you don't see it because it's not on the news, but there's many people that are coming to an understanding that their own authority is here. It's their connection to the universe, not connection to a, a party, Republican, Democrat, Independent. You know, it's, it's connected to something else. But I think that's a precursor to something breaking down, to something else emerging. We have our inner authority connected to the presence. You know, we begin to have a vision of the kind of world we want to live in. We start to walk in that direction. Again, the reporters are reporting from the old paradigm. We're seeking to report for something from something new that's emerging. That means you have to see the invisible in order to do the impossible. The highest frequency always wins. That's a law. The highest frequency is more powerful than the lower frequency. A thought that emerges from a field of fear, worry, control, domination, manipulation has less power than a thought that's emerging from a field of love. And there you go. Power of love. Because it supersedes everything. 
And that's ultimately where we are have been going, all of us, in this really interesting walk as we've started to raise up in the understanding of the power of love, of how it tears down all evil. Now, here's another perspective. I love this one in particular because this is, sounds like things I've said right here on the channel. And I say that because it really confirms when you're hearing something like this, that these messages are also confirming other things that we're hearing and sharing here. God is speaking very boldly to his children. And it's really about getting them to awaken to this moment that there is something very profound happening. Take a listen. We're actually going to hate the fact that I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways. One night there was a woman at our revival meeting and she was telling us about the fact that before she got saved, she was an ex-witch and that she would astral project, which is her spirit would leave her body. And she would go into the spirit realm and she would torment people. She would go after Christians who had no revelation of the authority. And one thing she said that shook me, that they would target Christians who had no prayer life or no revelation of their authority. What deeply saddens me is that a lot of witches have more faith in their false practices than Christians do in their prayer life. Wow. Witches will boast about this. They'll say, I manifest this, I manifest that. And as Christians, we need to realize that a lot of us are facing the same warfare over and over again because we have an infant revelation of our authority. There are so wow. many witches who will go out there and say, I love manifesting this and manifesting that. And what they're doing is a perverted version of what was originally heaven's technology. And that is the fact that God has given believers to decree and, and to command. And my That's question good. is, do we have more faith in our God, who's the real God, than these witches who serve a false demonic God. So true. And I've said this many times here. We have the authority. Christ gave us those authorities. And in this very critical time right now, when there is so much change going on, we have the authority to lean in and to literally take command of the situation. We have to have that belief. And the ritualistic approach by so many in the satanic cult systems are, is highly disciplined. And we don't see that same level of discipline in our own Christian faith. Yet we have to get it. And the difference is, in the satanic system, there is very specific ritual and practices that they do, specific times, specific things they do. Christian faith is very much rooted in free will. You have to choose to pursue God. You have to choose to have God in your life at all times. And ultimately, that's the harder path. The easier path is to be told, you need to do this, 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 and you will get X, Y, Z. It is ritual equals reward. In our faith, it's far from that. Our faith is a faith so great that we step into a darkness with God, a true blindness, if you will, that everything we do, we just trust in him that it will, it will happen. In something greater, because our greatest reward is not here. The satanic cult belief anchors their belief in this world. That's the old world. Because everything around this world is built around scarcity around fear, around loss, around perversion. So the idea is that in order to get past that, you're going to get some sort of reward when you jump over this little hoop here and this little hoop there by doing these rituals. And in this world, you shall be rewarded. But it gives you nothing in the riches of heaven. We walk in a different path where we have to walk through this world, not of this world, but through this world. And we're it's our faith and it's our walk in that that is literally part of the better stewardship of this world. We're the princes, we're the, we're the priests of this world. And that's the authorities that were given to us as we step into those authorities. And as we have that, we have profound authorities to overcome principalities. Now, there's a really interesting story that came up today, and I want to play it tonight because it relates very specifically to this exact position that we have a 
a great deal of authority, and I'm going to establish my case here tonight that we have had massive impact in our authority, bigger than we can imagine, very recently. Two weeks ago, actually it would, it would be two Sundays ago, tomorrow morning, we were asked to pray for the work that Christine Taylor and her husband have been doing up in East Palestine. And in that prayer, when we did that prayer two weeks ago, I had a very powerful vision in the spirit that we prayed through together. And that powerful vision was a heavy, dark serpent that was over Ohio. It was a principality, is what I saw. And we prayed against it. And we slayed that serpent, cut its head off. And in the process of that, as the serpent was head was cut off, we, we cut the serpent and gutted it. And we prayed to have that serpent's body turned into like good compost to seed new seeds of hope and prosperity in the body of Christ. At the same time, there was a vision that I shared in that prayer of snakes coming out of people's hearts. They were pouring out. And they were everywhere. There were people in government, people in the communities. And it was the infection. There was the parasites in their heart. And we were pouring out these black snakes. And we prayed to have a portal open, to have those snakes fall into this fire in this portal. And then there was something that was exposed, which was this cachet of snake eggs. And we prayed against that, and we had them burned and incinerated. And then last Sunday, we had something not quite as intense, but there was a variation of that type of prayer as a follow-up of this cleanup and the cleaning up of this infest infection, infestation, ultimately leading to a removal of the controlling power of Ohio, which when we do that, then you we would expect to see, if that happened, some sort of sign that people were being freed from the, in the clutches of lies and darkness and step into the willingness at any cost to speak truth. That would be an indication of success of the removal of the principality. So let me present some evidence that we were successful. Here we go. Hold on to your hats, folks. I believe we've reached unprecedented levels of exposure with more to come. Here is Derek Myers, congressional candidate in Ohio, with some truth bombs for you. Check it out. My name is Derek Myers. I'm running to be your next congressman in Ohio's 2nd Congressional District. I'm about to share with you some information that I feel the American people deserves to know. It's not a video that I wanted to make at first. In fact, it's something that I still don't really want to have to share with you. However, I must say the American people deserve to know the truth, and therefore I am sharing this video with you. Four months ago, when I decided to run for this office, I shared this with my campaign manager and our campaign consultants with hopes that, they could, that it could be part of my platform. I wanted to tell the truth about what January 6th was. I wanted to tell the truth about our federal government. It was strongly advised that I not come public about that because it could hurt my campaign, it could hurt my polling numbers, and may cost me the election. More importantly, my base would possibly be upset with me with the fact that I'm about to share the information with you that I'm about to share. Many people have asked, is January 6th a setup? Were there undercover FBI agents or human assets inside the crowd of protesters at the Capitol on January 6th, 2021? And did those FBI agents or undercover human assets work to radicalize other protesters in order, in order to storm the Capitol? I can tell you 100% definitively, without a doubt, that there were indeed undercover human assets and plainclothes FBI agents inside the crowd on January 6, 2021. I know this because I was the member 
of a program and recruited by the FBI to take part in such events. I was recruited in 2017 to be part of the FBI's program known as Confidential Human Assets or what we call um, field operatives. Essentially, as a field operative, it is our job to infiltrate organizations that are radicalized, gather information and intelligence, find out their next moves, take that information to the FBI, then go back to these organizations, help plan out what these organizations are going to do, record that information, attend these events, attend these protests, and help radicalize them, help get their aggression pent up, make them more angry, make them more upset, so that way the aggression would turn uh, violent as a result of our antagonistic um, ways of, of angering these people. Now, you might wonder, why believe me? I mean, after all, this is a guy who's running for office. This is a person who has made national headlines before. When 2020 came around, I was deactivated. I was no longer a member of the program. However, in December of 2020, I was approached by a member of the FBI asking me if I was interested in being reactivated for an assignment in Washington, D.C. that would be taking place in January. I now have since learned that that assignment that was being solicited to me was the Stop the Steal rally, or what some has known as the January 6th insurrection. So when the people ask today, were there undercover FBI agents or confidential human assets working on behalf of the FBI inside the rally on Stop the Steal on January 6, 2021? I'm Derek Myers, and I'm here to tell you that 100% truthfully, definitively, yes, that the FBI does indeed use confidential human informants and plainclothes FBI agents to infiltrate protesters, and that, in fact, they were present on January 6th. I have a folder of evidence that I'm prepared to share at the risk of going to prison, at the risk of losing my campaign, and at the risk of losing my reputation. However, with these new developments that came to light this week, you were going to find out anyway. I am forced to share this information with you now because I want you to hear it from me. I want you to know the truth from me. I want you to know that what I'm sharing with you is truthful, and I want you to know that it is not to be misconstrued in other ways that you will hear later this year, means that are out of my control. The American people deserve to know the truth about their federal government, about the events that unfolded on January 6th, and they deserve to know the truth about those who are involved. I hope this brings some peace to some people. I hope to shed some light on the federal government, and I hope they are forced out with honesty to tell the truth now about the events that unfolded on January 6th, about the events that are surrounded their secret program, and about the use of human assets, field operatives, and undercover agents to radicalize organizations in order to make them more radicalized and aggressive. Thank you. And there you have it. Those are, those are the types of confirmations that we're looking for when we take out something as powerful as a principality that controls a state. And this is a man running for Congress that literally just put everything on the line. The risk of going to prison, a potential of losing his campaign, 
But he's doing it because now he's so compelled with the consequences of not telling the truth because the principality control has been removed. His protective umbrella, so to speak, has been shredded. And now the sense of understanding what is to come, which is greater than his principality, it's an accountability before the throne, lurks within his heart. And so he's compelled to speak the truth. And so there is no other way he can go but is to turn to turn towards a truthful path. I don't know his relationship to God, but this would be a good time to bring him to God. And if I got hold of him, I would do just that. So if anybody has contact with him, it lives up in Ohio, start talking to him about Jesus because this would be a good time to step into that arena. It's powerful. Where our world is changing, it's changing radically. We are starting to feel these changes around us in big ways. These are times in which we're looking at the world differently, we're hearing the world differently, we're seeing the world differently. We all know this. And that was the point of the first two pieces tonight, was to kind of get a context that nothing is the same and people around the world of different denominations are feeling and hearing the same thing. The world is changing, we're entering into a new era. How that looks, how that manifests, I don't know. But I can tell you, and I think we can all agree, that when we're walking side by side with somebody who's walking in the world of the vaxxed, injected, waiting for, for the next shoe to drop with the next vaccine and the next pandemic, they've locked into a state of fear that is a different world than you and I walk in. That's a world clutched by fear. Our greatest objective, if we want to look at this in terms of a threshing or a harvest, is not to leave them behind, but to introduce them to Christ and to try to get that seed planted in their heart so that we can bring them back, bring them home. But there is something very profound happening here, and we know it. Whether Even if you just walk the path and say that the world is just changing because certain people are dying faster than others because they took the vax, that's transformational because of the number of people that took it. We're talking about 1.2, 1.5 people, billion people across the globe that apparently took the vax. That level of harvest is unprecedented. And the more that they can continue to inject people with these things, the crazier this is going to get. We are in a trial period, so to speak, a period of selection, which people are not comfortable with in the Christian faith because it's like God will never test us. I was literally told this in church one day, God will never test you. And I'm like, you and I don't walk with the same God. Sorry. Yes, he will. He will put challenges before us to elevate us to level up. But the idea so much in the comfort of the pew has become that I've accepted Christ, everything's going to be okay, and it's over and done. And that's exactly what's going to get people caught. We have to start stepping into our authorities to lift people up, to raise them up. And it's a, it's a process. We know it is. The narrow path and the wide gate. I mean, literally, that's just read that passage and you understand that the wide gate is the easy path. And most will walk through it. The narrow path is the way to, to, to heaven, and that is very few will find it. And that principle right there is the whole point, that life is a continued selection. Now, I wanted to look here at another perspective of this. This is a quick edit of, it's actually like a five-minute edit of Tucker Carlson's speech done by Greg Reese. And I want you to hear it because it's very well done, and it's, it consolidates Russia's perspective of their extension of peace to the West, which reframes a lot of the history. And again, paradigm shifts. People that are continuing to hold on to the Russia, Russia, Russia argument and paradigm are holding on to an old paradigm. 
And these sorts of old paradigms are dying off and augering into the pit. And if people are going to follow that, they're going to be following into an abyss. This world is literally before us collapsing. And it's at this moment in time that we have to choose where we stand into and choose what path we have and choose what authorities we walk in. Take a listen to this. In the Tucker-Putin interview, President Putin explained how Russia has sought peace with the West ever since the fall of the Soviet Union. I recommend watching the entire interview, but here is my short edit. After 1991, when Russia expected that it would be welcomed into the brotherly family of civilized nations, nothing like this happened. Yeltsin came to the United States. Remember, he spoke in Congress and said the good words, God bless America. Everything he said were signals, let us in. Yeltsin was immediately dragged through the mud, accused of alcoholism of understanding nothing, of knowing nothing. He understood everything, I assure you. I became president in 2000. I thought, okay, the Yugoslav issue is over, but we should try to restore relations. Let's reopen the door that Russia had tried to go through. At a meeting here in the Kremlin with the outgoing president, Bill Clinton, right here in the next room, I said to him, I asked him, Bill, do you think if Russia asked to join NATO, do you think it would happen? Suddenly he said, you know, it's interesting. I think so. But in the evening, when we met for dinner, he said, you know, I've talked to my team. No, no, it's not possible now. I repeatedly raised the issue that the United States should not support separatism or terrorism in the North Caucasus. But they continue to do it anyway. I once raised this issue with my colleague, also the President of the United States. He says, it's impossible. Do you have proof? I said, yes. I was prepared for this conversation, and I gave him that proof. He looked at it, and you know what he said? I apologize, but that's what happened. The CIA replied, we have been working with the opposition in Russia. We believe that this is the right thing to do, and we will keep on doing it. The third moment is a very important one, is the moment when the U.S. missile defense system was created. I had a very serious conversation with President Bush and his team. I proposed that the United States, Russia and Europe jointly create a missile defense system. But our proposal was declined. That's a fact. It was right then when I said, look, but then we will be forced to take countermeasures. And now I come to the main thing. They have come to the Ukraine, ultimately. In 2008, at the summit in Bucharest, they declared that the doors for Ukraine and Georgia to join NATO were open. Viktor Yanukovych came to power, and how? The first time he won after President Kuchma, they organized a third round, which is not provided for in the Constitution of Ukraine. This is a coup d'etat. The U.S. supported it, and the winner of the third round came to power. In 2014, there was a coup. They started persecuting those who did not accept the coup, and it was indeed a coup. They created the threat to Crimea, which we had to take under our protection. They launched the war in Donbas in 2014 with the use of aircraft and artillery against civilians. 
We would have never considered to even lift a finger if it hadn't been for the bloody developments on Maidan. It was they who started the war in 2014. Our goal is to stop this war. And we did not start this war in 2022. This is an attempt to stop it. Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia? make an agreement, already understanding the situation that is developing today, realizing that Russia will fight for its interests to the end? Listen, you have said that the world is breaking into two hemispheres. A human brain is divided into two hemispheres. One is responsible for one type of activities, the other one is more about creativity and so on. But it is still one and the same head. The world should be a single whole. Security should be shared rather than a meant for the golden billion. That is the only scenario where the world could be stable, sustainable and predictable. Until then, while the head is split in two parts, it is an illness, a serious adverse condition. It is a period of severe disease that the world is going through now. See the whole thing at TuckerCarlson.com. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. The world is going through a severe illness, and it is. But it's a change, and it's phenomenal when you think about it. We're going through a great awakening, and it's not just knowledge, it's faith. And as we awaken to this greater peace within us, we start to realize the greatness of whom we are and the things we have to change. Now, we're going to pivot just slightly here as we start to head towards the end of the show. And we're going to start focusing on one very important aspect, which I introduced back about 12 weeks ago. And without, <laughs> I introduced it with no small level of resistance by a number of people. It's the idea of Alfred Kinsey. It's the idea of our sexual practices in our nation and what one man did to completely pervert a nation and ultimately lead to a major destruction in family values. Tonight, Michelle and Leah of Resistance Chicks are leading a rally in Dan Patch, Indiana. And the center of this rally is ultimately to break the principality of that controls Indiana. Now, I'm going to ride on Leah's vision on this until what she saw in the spirit until we have something else to show differently. But what she saw, which was interesting, was a huge python that was sitting in the principality over Indiana. Now, we begin the show with some evidence that when we break principalities, things begin to happen. It releases people's hearts to start speaking the truth. And what's dark about Kinsey is Kinsey is still honored in a statue at the University of Indiana for his work that he's done. And it's dark. And it's a controlling factor over that entire state. Now, I'm going to play a piece here, and it's from Freedom Tunes, so it's got a little bit of a comic twist to it, but I want you to hear this. This is three minutes on Kinsey titled The Man Who Perverted Sex Ed and far more than that. Take a listen. Alfred Kinsey. He's known as the father of the sexual revolution, the founder of sexology, and the framer of modern sex ed. Hello, I'm Dr. Alfred Kinsey. Alfred Kinsey is the father of sexology. It's Alfred Kinsey. The Kinsey scale. You can thank one guy for that, Alfred Kinsey. While he's often portrayed as a self-sacrificing saint scientist, Kinsey was a bad dude who ran a bunch of bad boys. And I mean really bad. Kinsey was complicit in the sexual abuse of children. His own published works included data tables showing children as young as two months being, quote, stimulated to quote orgasm while screaming and writhing in pain. 
He had this data on 200 young boys under the age of 15. But we still revere him and use his data because being canceled is for statues and working class dudes who said a bad thing on Twitter, not child predators who did bad research. Kinsey may have done bad things, but that doesn't mean we can throw out his good data because he didn't produce any. Kinsey's research famously found the people of the 1940s weren't following the sexual morals of their time, which isn't surprising because he oversampled prisoners, homosexuals, prostitutes, and other people living outside the status quo of that era, and then claimed that data represented the entire population. His data also suffered from the fatal flaw of being based on self-reporting. Who in the 40s is going to tell their sexual history to a complete stranger? Freaky people, that's who. You heard it here, but don't take my word for it. Abraham Maslow criticized Kinsey and refused to work with him for this exact reason. It's just bad science. And he got away with some other unethical stuff, too. As PBS described, he hired a photographer to film volunteers and members of his research staff engaging in sexual activity. Porn! He made porn with his staff members. That's what that means. You know, for research. Kinsey purportedly found 26% of married women and 50% of married men cheat. That 17% to over 50% of farm boys have sex with animals and that pedophilic abuse isn't necessarily harmful to children. And many of these findings have been uncritically accepted even though his research included obvious sampling biases and flat out lies. Why? His humans will basically accept anything as true as long as it tells us we're good people. Whether you're a complete deviant or a relatively afraid person, if you believe Kinsey's findings, you're gonna come away thinking, hey, I guess I'm not that bad. How does this affect us today? Well, one of Kinsey's most groundbreaking findings was that chastity is supposedly impossible. Speak for yourself, bud. Sadly, this kind of thinking entirely defines comprehensive sex ed curriculums. And that's no coincidence. Kinsey disciple Mary Caldrone founded Secus, and Kinsey's co-author Pomeroy, who openly advocated for incest between adults and children, by the way, was among the founding board members. Secus pioneered comprehensive sex education and still influences national policy on sex ed standards today. And it's all based on the assumptions of a man who is neither hero nor cartoon villain, a mere mediocre pervert and creep who did what any sick person in such a position would do, spread his disease. Don't let them spread it to your child. Parents across the country are pushing back against so-called comprehensive sex ed. Join the fight. Don't let people you wouldn't leave your kid alone with determine how they should be taught about sex. And there you go. Kinsey is everywhere. His work is evidence in every school. His evidence is in every single piece. And we from that origin, we get the rise of the pedophile culture. He empowered them. Indiana's the home, which just happens to be the home of Mike Pence, who is governor, whom if we do the research, we have a pretty good idea that his work in the Masonic Lodge was not beneficial to children. Tonight, Lee and Michelle are there to run a revival. And for those that want to be part of this, this last part of this show, we're going to pray into this and we're going to pray some warfare into this to break a principality, to take it on. In fact, Leah even prayed with me before they went to pray that we would be able to assist with them and that I'd be able to lead the attack on the principality in Indiana. I said, yes, we have done this. We can do this. And we do have the authorities because we were given those authorities by Jesus. And we are literally stepping into something very profound here as stepping in and realizing what authorities we have. I think before we begin, we would read Jeremiah 20, 11 to 13, which was given to us today by our prayer team. But the Lord is with me like a dread champion. Therefore, my persecutors will, therefore my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will be utterly ashamed because they have failed. With an everlasting disgrace, they will not, get free, for, they will not be forgotten. Yet, O Lord of hosts, you who test the righteous, who see the mind of the heart, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you I have set forth my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, 
for he has delivered the soul of the needy one from the hand of the evildoers. We have to break that stronghold in Indiana. We have to break it and break it hard. And whereas we go through this, increasingly we are going to be going after each state and finding the principalities and taking them on. And we're going to break them. We're going to destroy them. And in the process, we're going to pray to have the replacement of the regent, this principality, be exposed by name, meaning the new one that God wants to step in. The glory of that statement is that when we've already worked Texas, and in the process of working Texas, we have revealed that God has, want, has put Pete Chambers in there in the principality of governorship in Texas, and he's walking in that authority. Tonight, we're going to pray into this, into Indiana, to support what they're doing there. And we're going to take on what I believe is a good vision of a python, a constrictor that has been sitting very comfortably in Indiana. It's been very comfortable because no one stirred it up. Tonight, we're going to need all prayers focused on destroying this, this constrictor, this python. We're going to cut the head off of it. We're going to find its layer of, of eggs. We're going to burn them. And anybody that's left in there, we're going to free from the infection of the serpent. And in so doing, we're going to tear down the, the grip of Kinsey and the legacy of what he created, a perverted origin root of culture. We're going to the root tonight to burn it out. Kinsey's memory has to be destroyed. And with that, we have to free the many that have been victimized by it, and we have to heal the hearts of the many that have been wounded by it. So please join me in prayer. Father God, we come to you today and this evening, very humbled and blessed to be here. And truly, Father, we come here with an open heart, but with a heart of righteousness and a fire of righteousness that burns within us. Father, we have witnessed over this period of time that we continue to assemble the continued assault and attack on children. And so tonight we walk into the lair of that place where so much of this began. The Kinsey Institute, Kinsey and his research, all of that dating back to the 1940s, it still is honored by statue at the University of Indiana. Father, we begin our prayer tonight, and as we look into this, we see a principality that still controls that state, a darkness that slithers around. And so we pray against that principality. We raise our swords in the spirit, and we declare in the name of Jesus that that serpent's head will be sliced and torn. We cut the head off of the serpent of the principality in Indiana. And as we watch this fight and rither and its fangs open wide, we slice hard with our swords to sever the head from the body. The, the serpent continues to fight. It continues to try to grab and strike. And yet we continue to slay it, stabbing it, cutting it, slicing it with our swords of the spirit. We declare in the name of Jesus that this serpent has no authority over us and no authority over the state anymore. And the serpent rears up and beckons a horrible scream, and yet we continue to fight relentlessly in the name of Jesus. So we raise our hands in the name of Jesus. We strike down that serpent, and we strike it again and again and again, and the serpent begins to fall and weaken. And we name it, proclaim in the name of Jesus that this principality will be destroyed and will be killed and left asundered, left ruined upon the ground. And now we take, like David, our swords and we cut the head off of the serpent. We slice its head off and we cast it off into the sea and into the ultimately into the lake of fire to let it burn. And Father, now we pray over this body, this withering body of a serpent that, that had taken control of a state. And so we pray into it. We pray that this body be turned into compost, compost of the kingdom that will now be used to feed and seed good health and good prosperity within this state we call Indiana. 
Father, as we pray, we begin to see other serpents wiggle and wither, the small babies that have infected like parasites into people's minds and in people's hearts. And we pray against them as we pray and open up a portal to draw them in, a luring sound like, a, like the Pied Piper that draws them in, a, an open portal that draws them into the lake of fire where they will burn and, and be burned to leave us for eternity. And Father, we see the awakening within a state, the shaking and the, the trembling that happens within people's hearts, the scales falling off people's eyes as they begin to look around and look up and realize that they've been held in a dream. And Father, we continue to pray and we pray and we look as we scan across the spirit and we see this layer, not one, two, but three layers of eggs, one in the north, one in the south. It's the northeast, one in the, in the, one in the northeast, one in the central towards central and towards the west, and another in the southeast, layers of eggs. And so, Father, we now we pray with the mightiness of the sword of spirit, and we speak fire upon these eggs, and we burn these eggs and incinerate them. These, these baby serpents will not, will not rise, and we burn them to the core, and then we cast that all into the lake of fire to burn into cinder. And, Father, we go now to the south east and we burn them and we pray fire upon these eggs and we burn that layer. And now, Father, we go to the central and central towards the west and we see those layers of eggs and we burn them and sear them into the ground. And as we pray, Father, we pray a hedge of protection around the, the Dan Patch revival and we raise it up in the mightiness with a roar of heaven as we see mighty war angels take position around them and we anchor that hedge of protection around them that goes infinitely up and infinitely down. And Father, what we see creating now is a portal, a portal to heaven, that this patch, this little spot on land, no matter when, when, how long this revival goes, now forever it will be a place where people can go. And when they pray there, it will be go, they will give their prayers a direct channel to heaven. It's a clean pathway. And we're going to build more of these across the state and across the country. And so we pray this hedge of protection around and we pray blessings upon Leah and Michelle and Pastor Devonese and the team that's there praying against this principality. And Father, we, we hear the, the demons scream and we just sit back now with our mightiness of, our, of the spirit and we pray against them and we say, beam and be gone for you have no place in this state anymore. And in the name of Jesus, we free this state from the clutches of the, one of the most terrorizing, terrorizing people, the children, Alfred Kinsey. And we now see his statue begin to tremble and crumble, and it begins to fall apart and fall to the ground. His statue cannot withstand that of the mightiness of, of the Lord. The statue cannot withstand the mightiness of kingdom. And his statue begins to crumble and fall apart, the paint falling and chipping away, and it erodes to the ground. No one, and suddenly there's a sudden shaking and a crack and the statue of Kinsey falls and breaks. And we declare this in the name of Jesus. And we command the power of heaven within us to say, break the statue and shudder the statue. Let it be spoken and let it be said that this will be a statement from God himself, that Kinsey's memory will be broken and will be cast aside. And let this be a moment that hits the news that people say something happened in Indiana. The statue was broken. And we see the statue being broken. We see the, the trembling that happens if the statue falls and is broken. The statue in memory of Kinsey is erased. And it's a shudder that hits everybody at the university to make them wonder. And with that, there's a presence of Jesus that happens, that touches their hearts. And we declare this in the name of Jesus, that there's a presence of Jesus and the power of Holy Spirit that shakes them and brings them to their knees to begin to make them tremble and shake for what they have done and what they have represented. This is a coming of Jesus moment. This is a coming of fire that comes into their heart that makes them realize that they are truly accountable for the things that they've been teaching and preaching, the perversion of our children. 
and let that moment hit them within their heart to make them weep and fall and beg for mercy. Let them pray to heaven and let heaven be there and let Jesus be there to remind them that they shall be forgiven if they repent. For we seek to bring them back, not to keep them cast aside, but we pray into their hearts to be so tremendous and shaking, so powerful, that in a righteousness that we speak this, Father, we declare this in the name of Jesus, that our children shall be protected and the Kinsey Institute and the Kinsey Research shall be broken and shuttered. And for the victims, those that have been swept first into the cult of Kinsey, we pray into your hearts and we free you from the serpents as the serpents continue to fall out of you. Those th- they're like parasites that have infected you. And all they're all being called to this, this pit, this portal that we've created. It's a whisper that's calling them and they're drawing in and they're fleeing the hearts of the people and fleeing and running to this, this hole. And it's a, it's a portal that's bringing them to the lake of fire where they shall burn in infinity, infin- for infinity, infinity. And so, Father, we continue to pray into the hearts of these people. We pray love. We pray forgiveness into these people. We pray the love of Christ into these people to heal them, to open their eyes and have their scales dropped. And in this moment, we feel and we pray repentance upon this state. Repentance. And the image of Mike Pence now comes, a man of deceit and lies. And now we pray into his heart and we say, Mike, you have an opportunity now to come to Jesus, to be forgiven and to speak truth. Get rid of the fake hair. Get rid of the preacher look. You're lying in the name of God. And you have now a moment of time to repent. Repent as you must in order in or else face an eternal fire for the sins that you have done. You have, you've done great sins, Mike Pence. Great sins to children, and you know it. You've covered for great sins to children. And so, Father, we pray against the Masonic Lodge, and we pray against the Masons in that state, and we shake their temples, and we shake them to the root, and we shake them and tremble them. They start to see their own temples crack, their roofs split. We start to see their own faith be shaken at the very core, and we pray against Mike Pence, and we place our hands up, and we say, Mike, you shall repent. For you have done wrong and you have lied to the world. You have lied to the public. And you've done so at a state with power and authority. You've used your power and authority to cover up great crimes. And so we reveal those crimes to the public. And Father, we see a book opening and suddenly the truth is coming out. It's pouring out over Indiana. And Indiana is now having to face the truth. As the serpents fall out of their hearts, the scales fall off their eyes. We're seeing truth pour from heaven. Truth pour down in a mighty way. The serpent's dead. The serpent's babies are dead. The eggs are burned. They're dead. There's no more protection for anybody there. The political institution now feels this. It feels the suddenness, the fear, the panic of being exposed, and the truth begins to fall upon the people's hearts so they can see it now truly as God intends you to. Indiana, we're making you free. The people, we're making you free. We speak life and authority into your hearts in this very night. We speak the mightiness of heaven into your hearts on this very night. And for the children, oh, Father, the children, we just pray mercy upon the children. We pray healing upon these children, children exposed to the corruption developed by the very insidious teachings of the Kinsey Group. And we pray, we pray into the children's hearts, Father. And for those in the memory of those that were used in the, in the studies that were harmed, endangered, raped, molested for the sake of a pleasure of a sick, perverted cult, we pray mercy and healing upon those children, Father. And we, for those children exposed to this sort of teaching to try to pervert them at the core, we pray purity upon their hearts. 
with the authority of Jesus, we purify their hearts and we proclaim purity on their hearts and we expunge those teachings from their minds. And this is a now a ripple effect across an entire nation because the core of this power of, of sexual teachings and sexual perversions is broken. We start to see the trembles, the tremblings across the entire nation. It's, it's shaking at the very root of all this, its seeds, it's planted. It's like, a, it's, it's like this mass weed that's gone out everywhere, vines and tendrils touching school boards and school districts coming from here. And we're seeing those, those vines being cut right now. As the mightiest and the sword of the Spirit, these our prayer warriors tonight are wielding that sword and cutting those vines, and those vines are withering and dying, and the central plant begins to tremble and shake, and now we stab our swords into that plant, into that root, and we pray into that as the light of Christ burns down into the very root, and the very root of the Kinsey Institute, the very root of these teachings is burned out and within it's replaced the love and of this comes a fantastic loving tree that erupts into this in the city into the state of indiana a tree now that gives life it's a powerful tree beautiful white with golden leaves it's now rising up out of the root of what was kinsey kinsey's gone his root is gone, and from it, God's tree comes out from the middle of Indiana, and it's blossoming, and it's giving golden leaves across the entire state. A powerful shaking of a state as there's now new life flowing in. We feel that life, Father. The Holy Spirit is flowing tonight. It's flowing. It's just shaking. It's bringing the heart of the state back to life. And Father, we pray in agreement with the prayers that are being given tonight at the Dan Patch Revival. We pray in agreement as we shake this state and we bring life back to this state, oh Father. So Father, we just pray this healing prayer upon this state. We're reminded where you are the Lord, like a dread champion, you're there. And we stand there with you, Father, raising our hands. Oh Jesus. We just stand with you and we declare in your name that this state be healed and that the root of evil be rooted out. And now with this tree sitting, growing over the entire state, it's a tree whose limbs now reach from north to south to east to west. It covers the entire state with a beautiful, beautiful white trunk and, and limbs with golden leaves everywhere. And this is now a new hope, a new life. The principality has been, of the evil has been destroyed and the call now goes out to the name, Father, the name. Who will sit on that chair? And a name Jeremiah comes. We don't know a Jeremiah, but a name Jeremiah is spoken tonight is a name of a, someone to sit in that chair, in that seat. Father, whoever that is, let that ring, if it's a name of heaven or a name in, in flesh, let it be the person now steps into that throne to assume the control of the state. Let them hear the call. Let them speak the name. Jesus and let them step into upon the throne of the principality of that state to be the governance of this state in the name of kingdom in the name of heaven for this state has now been freed evil has no more dominion here and we place a hedge of protection around the state from border to border east to west to north to south we anchor this new hedge of protection in the blood of Jesus no demons are allowed here for you've been cast out and cast asunder and as Bard's nation, we speak life into this state. In the name of Jesus, we speak life. And we speak a hedge of protection around each and every person of Dan Patch Revival tonight. And, oh, Jesus, we just pray in your name that this state be freed and that the evil be rooted out. And now in your name, with the authorities given, we declare this name free and the property and control of kingdom. Father, we ask for your blessings to a station war angels around the border from limit to limit. 
and that healing angels be dispatched to flow into that state and to heal each and every person there, to free them from the pains, the wounds that were given by years of darkness and sin. There's, there's even eugenics history there, Miskatatuk, an evil and dark lair of a state hospital. Oh, Father, this place is evil. I've walked those grounds and you know. This is a place where people were tortured. This is a place still at night where you hear the echoes of the pains in the spirit. So, Father, we pray into this, and we pray a breath of life into Muscatatuck. We shake it. This is where the National Guard is now trained. This is where evil takes root in their heart. And now we break those chains, and we go in there mightily with the sword of the Spirit, and we slay those demons, and we free those people, and we cast them out, and we pray a hedge of protection around Muscatatuck, and we ask Holy Spirit to flow in and to expunge any evil. And in the name of Jesus, we expunge that evil. In the name of Jesus, we undo that evil that's been rooted there, dark and evil for many years that dark history that they want people to forget of eugenics, the tortures on people, the lobotomies, the castrations, the, the, the medical surgeries, the electroshock therapies, the starvations, all this was done there. And Father, we just pray into that and we pray this pain out of that state. And we pray the love of kingdom into this and we pray the love of healing in the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus into this. This is the root of evil that we now cast out in the name of Jesus, all demons are cast out and we cast them into the lake of fire. And we shake this state again, and yet another tree takes root in Miskatatuk, a spiritual tree that takes root. Its golden roots go deep. Its golden limbs and white limbs extend across as golden leaves light this up. And what was a place of evil now is taken back in the name of kingdom. We've shaken Indiana, and now we go to the capital, Father, and we pray into the capital of Indiana. And we pray a life into the capital of Indiana. And we pray the name of Jesus into the capital of Indiana. And we pray the Holy Spirit into the capital of Indiana. Every politician, everybody there, we pray into this. We pray mightily with the fire of Jesus into the heart of the people in the capital of Indiana. The snakes that have had you around your neck, we see them around these politicians' neck and in their hearts. We cast them out in the name of Jesus. We cast them out with, with a fire of righteousness and the serpents squirm and they, they come at us and we stand forth and we hold our sword of the spirit up and we say, you shall tread no more. And we cast them into the lake of fire. And every politician we go to now and we see it in our, in our spirit, we walk with you, we pray over you, we free you in the name of Jesus. We free you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we lift you up and we say, breathe Jesus into you. We say, repent, repent. And the word repent echoes in every heart of every politician in the state capital of Indiana. They feel the power, their control of the principalities gone. They feel the trembling of fear, those that have walked into the darkness. And now they face and realize that they're exposed. But you're not exposed if you turn to Jesus. And Jesus, we just ask and pray for an encounter for each and every one to confront you and to understand who is king, who is warrior, and who is the loving, forgiving king warrior of their time. Forgive them the touch of forgiveness and the mightiness of your sword before them. And we declare that in your name, Jesus. So, Father, we pray into the state of Indiana. We shake it mightily at the root. We see the root of heaven take hold in a state that's been so dark. We expunge these evils of the past. We play repentance into this state and into the hearts of the people. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And so we have waged some spiritual war. Amen.
We will wage more of this. This is our fight. These are the authorities we have. We walk in the authorities given to us by Jesus. There is no greater authority to be given. And we will proclaim these authorities. And we proclaim these authorities in our daily walk. For these are the authorities of kingdom. And as we bring this into our walk and into our life, we are the sons and daughters of the Most High. And we declare ourselves in this moment as the sons and daughters of the Most High. And we walk with that and we declare before Father that we will do all we can to walk a sinless life. For any sins that we have done, we repent before you and we ask you, Father, in this hour to expose those sins which we need to repent for. And we will repent and we repent in this moment. And each moment, Father, that we sin, we ask that you expose it to us so that we may fall to our knees and ask for repentance and then get back up into this fight. Father, we pray for an additional armor and tools of warfare to be blessed upon each and every person here tonight. An understanding and wisdom that goes far beyond anything we can imagine. Let the Holy Spirit become our teacher and our mightiness in this hour. Let the tools of warfare be exposed to us and shown to us and taught to us these instant downloads to understand what we need to do, the words we need to speak, the swords and powerful tools of the Spirit that we can wage war and wage war together. Let each one in this army be amplified in the tools and perfection of each one that is given so that we unify perfectly in a weave as an army that's fearless and grows more strong and in each and every step. We wage war in the powers of the Spirit and, and that principality that exists over Indiana. We have torn down the strongholds tonight that were holding evil in place. And we've freed all those strongholds and separated that from evil and replaced that throne with a throne of heaven that now sticks up, sits above Indiana. And we will continue to wage these wars state by state, Father. And we ask you to please guide us in each and every step. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Patriots, this is warfare. This is the warfare we wage, and these are the wars we will win. We are the unbreakable wall. We are the unbreakable force. Our hearts are woven within the body of Christ. There is nothing that come, can come against us and succeed. Iron sharpens iron as we walk together in this fight, and our war is waged in the mightiness of heaven. And as we stand together, evil quakes it knows very well it has no chance against us. This is what it fears the most because we don't waste our time with the pettiness of their conversations and politics. We go to the root. We go to the principalities that sit above them and we destroy them, take them back and we declare them in the name of the kingdom and declare them in the name of Jesus and declare them in the name of our Father. And that's what we've done tonight. And we will continue to wage those fights and those wars state by state. As we collect the intelligence and the spiritual understanding of what's there, we will wage war against them ruthlessly, fearlessly, and we will take it back in the name of our God, the God of hosts, in the name of Jesus, our Savior and King. Amen. So, patriots, thank you for joining in our war tonight. This is how we win. And it feels good when we win because we're doing it for Father God. No higher authority can one proclaim. And no greater gift have we been given. 
So, Patriots, we're going to do the same tomorrow morning, I'm sure. Depends on what comes up in prayer, but either way, we're going to be waging some more. So, thank you for hanging around tonight. Continue to pray. Continue to pray for Michelle and Leah and what they lead over there. And I believe Pastor Devonese is there and praying heavily into that into that event. Pray through the night. Pray with them to make sure that we cover down on any end of strongholds that we attack tonight and to cover down on any of those small little brush fires that crop up from evil little things that are still there. Wipe them out when you engage them. Pray the authority over them and send them to the lake of fire. We will free this state. And Mike Pence, I would suggest you start repenting now because there is no worse place to be than hell. And we would like to save your soul before you get a one-way ticket. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for G Coffee and Jesus. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe.